The Big Beat manifesto goes, Big Beats are the best, get high all the time. Right. At the time, it felt like a much more all-encompassing philosophy. This is contagious. Yeah. This is outrageous. This is contagious. Percy thinks he might be gay. He's 80% certain. 80. Nice. No need to overdo it. So he's dealing with that, which I think is great, and I'm being very supportive over. I always thought he might be a bit gay, but more like 30%, if I'm honest. Hey everybody, welcome to the LTU Brothers podcast, episode 54, The Love Bunker. My name's Laura, and I've been bored since 9-11. My name is Sean, and that was good news. I mean, well, not good news, but, you know, it was good news coverage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you say, I mean, I completely get that, because after we went through all that stuff in 2016, where Brexit happened, and then our cabinet fell apart, and our prime minister quit, and all in the same two weeks... I started to get a bit of a like adrenaline rush watching the news. So ever since, the news has seemed quite boring. So I totally get what Jeremy's saying there. Uh, yeah. Uh, in America, with our president, the news is never boring. No, that's true. It's a constant uh, roller coaster, and only two weeks now till he visits the UK. Oh, wonderful! He's, he's coming to London, and uh, did you hear about this? A group of people crowdfunded for a blimp of a baby. Donald Trump to be uh, to be erected over the Houses of Parliament and the London <laughs> mayor has banned it. He said that they can't do it. He's blocked it from happening. So, spoil sport. Uh, well, we wouldn't want... God damn it, this is getting too political. We wouldn't want our <laughs> president's feelings hurt. He might, you know, <laughs> insult just, your country. I'm just because or... I think it could have been it could have been really funny. I think it was just what he needed. How is it that our two countries have just gotten so fucked up in the last two years? I know, in such a short space of time, really. It's been, yeah. you know, you look back to, especially like watching Peep Show as well, most of it happening in the kind of Blair Brown era over here. Honestly, I look back to New Labour and all of that, and it wasn't perfect by any means, but I think, fucking hell, we were living in such uh, boring times and we didn't even know it. Oh, God. I, you know, if anybody is that's listening to this podcast uh, hasn't quite picked up on Laura and I's political uh, leans, I apologize. Um, we're not, you know, like disparaging your beliefs unless you're a Nazi, and then we're just going to disparage away. <laughs> but like, holy fuck, it just it's it's insane to me, Laura. Like how everything just you can't even. There's a thing in America right now called outrage fatigue, where there's just <laughs> so much stuff to be outraged about that you just yeah. literally can't keep track of it. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, we've not quite got it as bad over here. Everything's bigger in America, but I completely know what you mean. Like, it's like every day is a new issue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. As, uh, as the Chinese say, may you live in interesting times. <laughs> and... <laughs> political discussion over over yes. so what did you think of this episode what did you think you thought of it going in uh i remember thinking that this episode was like i i think this episode is funny but i didn't really remember a lot of it there was a couple jokes in this episode that i thought were in different episodes um so yeah, yeah i was I similarly thought i had misremembered some bits of this episode I remember thinking it was a bit meh 
and I still feel it was a bit meh, to be honest. <laughs> Not the worst episode. It should help you for uh, for your your working out where I've put it. Definitely not the worst. I don't hate it, but this is not this is not good peep show. As far as I'm concerned, it it, it never quite gets going. Yeah, it's also interesting the way that they have the characters uh, paired off in this episode. Yes, yeah, I thought that as well. I made a note of that in my notes that actually we don't see them as a group very much. And it has Mark and Super Hands, which is a pairing that I always really enjoy. Yes, I agree. So, should we start talking yeah. about it? Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about now that we've alienated half our audience with political <laughs> conversation? Um, no, not at the moment. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about what we've been watching at the end. But no, let's, yeah. let's, talk, let's do what we came here to do. Yes. All right. So, <laughs> we kick off this episode in Apollo House and we've got Mark Deremy, Deremy, Jeremy <laughs> in Jobby. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have Mark... Dobby and Jeremy all just kind of hanging out in the living room and Mark is just he's like we'll have Trish sit here Neil can sit here Simon can sit here and he's just you know pointing to all these chairs and he's just saying exactly where everybody is gonna sit yeah he's I mean the fun police doesn't even begin to to cover Mark at the best of times but um it's uh yeah it's, it's mark being typical mark and dobby makes the comment that he needs to take a chill pill from his frankly inadequate supply and jeremy says if anybody moves from the uh assigned seating then um yeah then he'll taser them <laughs> um mark is just says he's excited because this is the first time that he and dobby are going to host something together in their soon-to-be joint home and um he's yeah that's why he's sort of being over anxious even though he's always over anxious you know and then dobby just kind of casually mentions that simon has invited him to come with her away with him for the weekend for his 30th birthday party which simon doesn't look old enough to be 30 um, <laughs> no he does look very young to me. and this made me think how old were they at this point and realized that for Simon to be 30, he was a lot younger than they were. Because if you go on the time frame that at the end of series nine, which is six months after the end of this series, Jeremy is 40, Simon is nearly 10 years younger than them. Which then made me think, is Dobby meant to be nearly 10 years younger than them? I don't think she is. So that's a bit weird. Yeah, Jesus, I hadn't even thought about it in that kind of a context before. Potentially, I've, I've overthought this, but potentially maybe it was because there was such a big gap between between series eight and nine. And obviously they didn't know that when they were going to, if they were going to do series nine and when they were going to do it, perhaps they're only meant to be about 35, 36. And maybe it's not such a big age gap, but it's <laughs> knowing what we know about Jeremy's actual age, that suddenly seems huge. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Mark is a little shocked and he's just like, yeah, you and him. And he thinks to himself, sex with the ex. And... <laughs> Dobby clarifies, no, it's it's the whole website gang, and Mark is um, really happy about that. Jeremy, of course, just casually brings up that he has a website opportunity and that Superhands assorted them out a website, and get this, it's completely empty. Yes, he's wangled a website for us to do some shit on, and uh, he's Jeremy's completely amazed by this, that the website is totally blank. Um, and Mark just completely shoots him down and says that it would be exciting if it was the last website ever. 
<laughs> and we get, just like you mentioned last week, we get more of this wonderful website conversation, internet conversation with Jeremy and uh, with Jeremy just being like enthralled with the internet. Yeah, he doesn't really understand how the internet works, clearly still. Um, next episode, we have, um, it's a little later, we're back at Apollo House, we've got Mark, Jeremy, Superhands, Davi, Neil, Simon, everybody, lots of random people that you've never seen Trish. before. Yeah, Trish. Yeah, Trish played by, don't know who she's played by, but she plays almost exactly the same part later in the in-betweeners of the, like, stick-in-the-mud girl character, and she does that very well here as Trish. Uh, one thing that really cracked me up here is that they're all playing PlayStation Move, and I was just like, when did... Whose PlayStation Move is this, and when did they get it? Like, the little it, controller they have that has a little light orb at the end is a PlayStation Move controller. It's, like, all, um... It's all, uh, like, light-tracked and everything. Oh, I think my... Weirdly, my parents-in-law had a xbox connect i think that was the yeah. thing that, yeah yeah where you you know you could do moving games in front of it i mean i do not know why they had it because they're two people in their mid 50s who weren't playing a lot of those games but they did have one for a while my parents bought a wii so uh <laughs> uh to quote i think jay from the between us Wii is for the girls and the gays <laughs> <laughs> Pass that on to your mum. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel sad. <laughs> but yes, they are indeed playing this this uh, movie Orby game thing. I, I assume it's got to be Jeremy's. And um, then uh, Mark thinks that the use of Jeremy and Hans finally becomes clear to him. They are his normality cloaks, allowing him to slip into human society and wreak his evil doings. Stroke, I make friends and relax. When I was in the military, I had normality cloak friends. Yeah, I definitely got no normality cloak friends. I've got my friend Laurie is a great example of someone who over the years has allowed me to pretend to be cooler and more normal than I am in polite society. Yeah, one of my friends in uh, when I was in the military, she was a very popular, very like beautiful girl. Like there's no way I would have ever been able to hang out with somebody as you know like just unbelievably gorgeous as this girl was like I don't even know why my wife is hanging out with me but um, <laughs> she was always like invited to everybody's parties and everything and so she would always like oh going to this person's party do you want to come with me and I'm like yes and then you know they'd show up and like fuck is he doing here <laughs> but conversely i'm sure you at some point have been someone else's normality cloak so i know that i have allowed some awkward particularly when i was a teenage girl some awkward teenage boys to be you know norms my friend dave my friend stuart they're good examples of people that i you know took under my wing and now they're real men engaged in real society with wives and i like to think that's because i you know helped them out yeah Maybe I'm a little bit that way for my wife. Yeah, maybe you, maybe the, the maybe the girl you're talking about helped normalize you so you could meet your wife and be a norm. Yeah, there you go. Beautiful. I'm a fucking norm. <laughs> um, Simon Almost. offers Simon offers Mark some some uh, or excuse me, 
Simon asks Mark if this is a normal night at his place, and Mark just says, oh, yeah, me and my guys and our cannabis, and he tries to hand Mark a joint, and Mark says, no, thanks, I'm full. I never stone alone, just high on pie. Yeah. Um, and then for he some... just... Sorry, Go um, ahead. I think um, we're going to say the same thing. Yeah, for some reason, he, he then uh, starts... He realizes that he said this in a rhyme, and he thinks, what well, bad to worse, I'm speaking in verse, and he says, saying a rhyme ain't a crime. If I say it to you, it must be true, which is yeah. just so awkward, and it's really horrible. Uh, I just really love this interaction between Mark and Simon. It's so goddamn funny. I also really enjoy that there are lots of biscuits on the table, like rich tea biscuits, and Simon comments that quite a lot of biscuits for a sort of <laughs> evening get-together, not with your nan. But uh, Mark, I think this is a bit unfair because I don't think Mark knows so little about humans that he would put out a whole load of tea time biscuits. But it's, it's quite a funny visual joke. Um, at this point, we meet Neil for the first time and he's talking to Jeremy and he says he's thinking of joining a gym to get back on a positive track. And Jeremy just, you know, says, I've always suspected that getting on a positive track is a good idea, but now I'm a professional life coach and I can confirm, you know, medically that it is a good idea. And then he offers to life coach Neil if he ever, you know, needs it. And Mark thinks to himself, yeah, you're a fully certified life coach because I printed your qualification. <laughs> As a treat. Yeah. Um Then uh, we overhear a conversation that Hans is having with someone else where he says that uh, he talks, he's talking about the cannabis bis that he's clearly procured for this event, but he says that if you weigh it, it will appear to come in light because it's helium weed. <laughs> and this always really cracks me up because I love this idea of helium weed and it makes me wonder if it makes your voice all squeaky when you smoke it. Yeah, in my head, that's what happens, is that that was exactly what would happen. Yeah. Uh, Simon just is really enthralled to have somebody that can just provide a constant stream of drugs so he invites Hans and Jeremy to come to his 30th, and he also includes Mark. And then he says, paintball till we drop and smoke till we pop. And Super Hans and Jez are like, oh, cool, wicked, yeah, that's... And Mark just thinks to himself, great. <laughs> yeah, he thinks, great, paintballing weekend. It's so obvious he fancies Dobby, he's just using it as cover. Which is exactly what my reaction would be to somebody suggesting I went on a paintballing weekend. <laughs> Oh, well, I guess that answers one of my next questions. Um, so next scene, we have Jeremy. We're in Jeremy's bedroom with Jeremy and Neil, and they are, Neil is getting his fucking ass life coached off here. Yes, um, he's really, really seriously being life coached. Yeah, he tells Jeremy that he just really wants an honest broker, someone to chat through some shit with. And Jeremy is wondering, is this okay that they're both sitting on the same bed? because it feels a bit like at any moment I might jump on him and hump him better. I could hump him, and then I wonder if I'll hump many clients. <laughs> and Neil was talking about how he's always wanted to try to do some football coaching. He's got the first FA badge, um, and but it's hard, and Jeremy says what's hard, and, and Neil says that, you know, his job, and Jeremy's first piece of life coaching uh, advice to him is to quit his job. Uh, Neil, dream. yeah neil is uh neil says well i mean it's hard to find a bit of paid coaching work and um alice my wife she wonders if it's not a bit too late to get all in get into all of this 
Jeremy is really excited because he wants to poke around a bit and he starts talking to him about his relationship with Alice and uh, Neil's like, oh, how are things in my, the relationship? Oh, um, okay, I guess. I mean, not always great. And Jeremy then wonders, can I get into the bedroom? And he asks, tell me about the sexual side of the relationship. Yeah, and Neil says that, to be honest, it isn't very good. Um, and, and Jeremy's just loving this. He thinks it's great. He can ask him anything he wants because he's a professional. And Neil just out of, I suppose not out of nowhere, because they are talking about his sex life, but in a very short space of time from talking about football coaching, he suddenly says that he, he likes to be dominated in the bedroom. And Jeremy is just so pleased to have wheedled this information out of him uh, i love this he says of course you of course you do. he thinks to himself of course you do you filthy bastard but then out loud he says there's no judgment here <laughs> neil also <laughs> reveals that he's experimented with some same-sex experiences um and um <laughs> and jeremy thinks oh tell me more um and then neil says that that they don't have a or that, that they, Alice, his wife, has a medical condition that means that they don't. And Jeremy sort of cuts him dead and says that we don't need to talk about that. But tell me more about the gay feelings. Oh, my God. That really, really cracks me up when he just... <laughs> the noise that he makes where he's like, woo. <laughs> and Neil says that he was hoping to talk about the football coaching. But he guesses that everything is uh, connected. So, you know... And Jeremy drops the uh, truth bomb that a relationship is like a real ship. It needs to be moving forward. It needs to be properly maintained, which is a lovely bit of advice straight out of the little book of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Yeah, I feel like that you could get one of those. You could get that on a, uh, like one of those little signs. On a and you could sticker. sell it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you could yeah. sell it at like, I don't know, Marshall's or <laughs> on an Etsy store. And people would be like, oh my God, that's so deep. Yeah, yeah, but it, someone would cross stitch it. Someone would buy it. That would be how yeah. I feel about that piece of information. Um, and um, so then Jeremy says that you know he's a life coach, and he um, and Neil reveals that he has had thoughts about leaving Alice at times. And Jeremy says, you know, if you want to do something, sometimes you should definitely do it. And sometimes what you think you should do is what you should do. That's at the heart of my philosophy. And he thinks he's on fire. He is Dr. Freud. Yeah. This is like a top 10 Jeremy scene for me. I love this because this is it, like Jeremy is not doing any of this out of like malice or being mean or anything. He's just he's genuinely trying to help this guy. And um, yeah, and just, he doesn't. He's just so it's so Jeremy in that he he immediately somehow in every situation steamrollers in and things just seem to massively get out of control really quickly yeah um so next we are at just this kind of random house out in the country um we've got pretty much mark jeremy super hands dobby everybody from the startup we pretty much have everybody in this episode there um and uh jeremy's thinking to himself this is definitely not my fault i was definitely on fire and then we find out that Neil broke up with Alice and that she's in tears in Crofton Park. Yes. Um, and Jeremy just says that it wasn't his fault. He just encouraged him to believe in himself. And um, and then we sort of move over to a conversation happening between Simon and Hans where Simon's appalled to find that Superhands hasn't bought any drugs with him. 
and uh, Han says that he's not muffing the fucking drugs mule, mate, which is a great little line. Yep, and uh, Simon's like, well, why do you think I invited you? And Han says, for my off-key remarks and crazy insights. <laughs> uh, Neil, at this point, walks over to Jeremy and just says, can we grab five? Because my head's in fucking pieces. Jeremy wants nothing to do with Neil at this point right now. And he just says, oh, do you want to book a ne session next week? Or And Neil reveals that he's really starting to regret Alice. Uh, he thinks it was a really terrible idea. Yeah, Um so they sort of start talking and then uh he neil says that she says she won't have him back and jeremy says he feels friend but he's off the clock um and he neil says what should i do and jeremy says parking neil save it until wednesday which is clearly the earliest in jeremy's busy schedule he can fit near him we then find out that that we're about to play the hat game the hat's full of band names, and Mark just thinks to himself, paintballing and the hat game, terrific. And I can honestly really identify with Mark because this hat game with band names is one of my like biggest fears. Has this been well documented on this show? I really don't listen to a lot of music. Yeah, I. so my husband is much cooler than I am in like the kind of hipster East London sense and knows about a lot of bands. So this would be his idea of heaven, and this would be my idea of hell, because much like Mark, I know the name of maybe five bands. That's that's where we are. I would be terrible at this. I wonder if these are actually real bands here. They are real bands, yes. All of them? Yes. Oh. Okay, I know, then. I know enough to know they are real bands, so... They, um, whose name? So Elbow, you must have heard of Elbow. They're, they're a thing in America, right? I've never, well, let's, let's talk about the teams that we have. So okay. we've got Jeremy and Superhands, Mark and Neil, and Simon and Dobby. Um, we start off with, um, Simon and Dobby and, uh, Simon, they are talking about Elbow, which is a band I've never heard of. They are Elbow. a band I've, I've accidentally seen about four times. They always seem to sort of be at festivals and on the bill, sort of a few down at festivals. And I've 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 seen them in concert several times, but I don't like them. So yeah. Let me see what their singles are. Let me see if I've heard of any of these songs. Their big one was uh, I think it's called One Day Like This. Throw those curtains wide. Okay, One hold on a second here. Like Oh, that's a nice little... <laughs> that's a nice little tune. Okay, hold on. But if me, you like that, this... you're going to fucking love Elbow. Alright, let's see what this sounds like. Okay, I can confirm I've never heard this song before. Okay, they're very middle of the road. They did a song called uh, Grounds for Divorce that's actually very good, but that is, that's where my affection for Elbow begins and ends. This video is amazing, though. This guy is twirling the sign like a crazy motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, they're very, like, they're, they're quite good, I'm led to understand, in a stadium. So my husband saw them, again, not a particular fan, but he saw them at the O2 supporting someone else and said that they did give quite a good show. A bit like Coldplay. Um, Mark wonders if he should get an elbow CD, and then he thinks he should get an elbow CD along with the Killing and Mad Men and an iPad and everything. Um, God won't, won't everyone just leave me alone. Um, next band is Hipsters, Flavor of the Month, still going strong. We find out that that's Boards of Canada. 
also poor man's. Uh, let's see. They they are thought... a real band. I don't know them very well. Uh, they they're, they're a Scot they're a Scottish band. Let's look they at their like, discography and see if I've like heard any of their singles. electronic music, I believe. Okay, yes, I've never heard of these guys before either. So I'm I'm on like the mark trajectory right now. <laughs> um, Dobby says poor man's talking heads, and we find out that that since that is a proper noun or proper name, they are disqualified. Next, yeah, we I have. I don't know who the band was going to be. That was a poor man's talking heads. If anyone has any <laughs> idea, let's know. Maybe Oasis or Kasabian? <laughs> the Beatles, perhaps. Yeah. Um, Jez and Superhands, of course, just murder it because they're, you know, they just know each other so well. Um, the first clue is widely acknowledged to have nicked our sound. That's the Chemical Brothers, Bullshitters Turning Wank into Cash, The Flaming Lips. I agree with Ass- this. I fucking hate The Flaming Lips. I really, really loathe them. So I God laugh damn. at that bit every time. The Flaming Lips had one song I like and then a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, the bullshit is right. They really are bullshit as turning wank into cash. What was their one single that I liked? Oh, she don't use jelly. Oh, uh, yeah. I always think that the lead singer of this band reminds me of Carrot Top as well. Who's Carrot Top? The Comedian. Jesus Christ, you fucking sheltered. <laughs> Do not know of that comedian. Maybe they're not a thing here. Is it a man or a woman? It's a guy. He's got like he's got like really he's got like red a hair. really re- Yeah, he's got really, really f- like froey red hair. Oh uh, yeah, okay. He, he was super he was super scrawny for a while, then inexplicably just got fucking ripped one day. He's a funny-looking little fellow, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's not that little anymore. He's jacked to his <laughs> fucking gills. No, I've never heard of him. I don't think he's a thing here. Oh, okay. Well, I think that the lead singer Flaming Lips looks like Carrot Top. Yeah, so. I can see that, having now seen Carrot Top's Wikipedia page. Yeah. Anyways, so... Um, <laughs> next one is Asshole, and that's LCD Sound System, which I actually have heard of them. I couldn't name a single song. Uh, fakers pavement and then uh the last one is thought we had her number you got a bit overexcited but it turned out to be a not very funny joke and that was lily allen oh and then we had lily allen yeah 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 she's a big over there good and then of course we have phony which is foo fighters and demanded the ramsgate blowjob which is mumford and sons (laughs) my sister saw um she went to see the Foo Fighters at the uh, Olympic Stadium last week, and she said they were amazing. She said it was one of the best gigs she's ever been to, just as an aside. Don't Google Ramsgate blowjob with a uh, <laughs> uh, safe search off, because it's uh, a bunch of pornographic images and then a picture of Matt King. So, just... <laughs> I'm going to Google it now just to see what comes up. There we go. <laughs> Oh yeah, see, there we go. Matt King is the fourth picture. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help as well that I've been to Ramsgate. It's not very glamorous, so it does make me wonder what what was going through their mind when they thought up the Ramsgate blowjob. God, I didn't know if that was a specific thing or not, which is why I googled it, but I don't have safe search turned off. <laughs> 
I feel a bit bad for oh Matt King God. now that he's like the fourth thing that comes up if you Google that. Oh Christ! Oh, oh my God! So now Jeremy and Mark or Jeremy and Hands having killed this game, it's back to Mark and good old Neil. Yes. Um. So. Mark thinks that the Descent in Tail begins and he then thinks he just hopes they're all Snow Patrol. Or if not Snow Patrol, the Beatles. Um, so <laughs> Neil starts by saying Fading Fortunes um, but and Mark cuts in and asks if it's Snow Patrol. New release expected and he chances his arm at the Beatles which everyone laughs at. And then Neil says four releases big with men who might be what you find as relief in the desert. And Mark shouts with absolute Victory, with absolute victory in his voice Oasis I've got one and Neil says yeah Oasis good big with them and Mark says <laughs> oh no who's Oasis's favourite band um, so he says have said Snow Patrol haven't I yep not the Rolling Stones obviously they move on it was Kasabian of course ah, Kasabian 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 <laughs> um, the second band that Neil describes for Mark is Hipsters with Attitude, Electric Sounds, and Mark says it's not so much is it? No, it's not. <laughs> he guesses Madonna. It's a group, a five-piece. Not the Beatles, says Mark, because famously they were a four-piece. Um, he then guesses Susan Doyle, which isn't even her name. It's Susan Boyle, who won the... Did she win? She won Britain's Got Talent some years ago. Uh, and... I don't know if she won, but I I remember she, like, she looks like a... Bad crazy lady. old woman yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and Mark then says that he's not very good at this game because his mind is just drowning in bands <laughs> he then gets his meatloaf <laughs> Kate Bush and then when Neil says ball guy in the video <laughs> he gets his hot chocolate <laughs> who Neil then says were they a band and comes up with the final clue nation's favourite food very warm uh, and Mark says, hot potato, <laughs> boiling potato, hot pie, hot pies, hot potato, hot potato. Neil says, stop saying hot potato. And he then, just out of nowhere, shouts to pow. And Neil says, come on, you must know it's so easy. Let Cool Electro improvise live. And he finally says, I don't know. I don't know. So fuck off. <laughs> and uh, the time's up anyway. But it was hot chip. But Neil was Ah, hot mm. chip. Mm, hot chips. Yes. He was about to say hot chips. Yeah. Um, I feel super bad for Mark in this scene here because, man, he just, ugh, poor guy. Yeah, I feel his humiliation very strongly. Yes, as do I. Because, goddamn, I could not imagine being in a worse off situation than this. I think the only thing I might be worse at than this would be like Flags of the World or something like that. I would also <laughs> be shit at something like that. But if you had, um, if you had Phil on your team. Oh yeah, Phil's got outstanding flag knowledge. Like if he was on my team, but if it was just me, mano a mano, one on one, I I know like three flags. <laughs> oh, <laughs> trust me, I would be in the same <laughs> same exact boat as you. Don't worry. Yeah, please don't ask worry. me. Ask me about either peep show or Victorian literature. Those are my specialties, <laughs> and that's pretty niche. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. <laughs> so here. we then, so the game is given over to uh, to Simon in Mark's head. He says that this fine, you've won this round, but next time we do a quiz, it's going to be on Napoleon. And whilst you might scrape for a few basic Waterloo questions, 
he's gonna really pin him down on the emperor, emperor's domestic reforms and fuck him very hard in the mouth. And we then move <laughs> seamlessly into the next scene, which is in the paintball area. Okay, so IMDb let me down on this, but I was also able to figure out where this was filmed. Um, so every paintball scene was filmed at Delta Force Paintball in West London. Apparently, from what the press release makes it sound, that this uh, Delta Force Paintball issued after this episode was filmed, it sounds like this place is really popular with the London paintball community, and apparently Mitchell and Webb had played there before they filmed there. Oh, okay. Nice. Is it still going? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's at... You... Oh, so we go. It's at Gerard's Cross Road. Uh, I'm probably going to butcher this word. Slow. S-L-O-U-G-H. Slough. 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 SL, SL2-4-E-U. UK. Oh, nice. Um, Slough is not really in West London. That's a that's a bit of a lie on the part of, of the paintballers, but it is West of London. Oh, okay. It is like Berkshire. Like over, in fact, Slough is where the uh, UK version of The Office is set. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's conveniently located off of the M25 and the M40 for ease of access. Yes. Uh, ease of access if you live in West London, I would say. Not if you live anywhere else, as the crossing that bit of the M25 is a notorious absolute bitch. Let's see, how long would it take for you to get there? It would take me about Mom's two food. hours to get there. Uh, according to Google Map, it would only take you an hour and a half. Yeah, that's if the M25 is having a good day. It would take. I would <laughs> guarantee I could not get... If I set off for Slough now, I would not get there before... In less than about two hours. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. So you'll never, uh, you'll never, never be able to I, go I mean, play paintball. Yeah, I mean, like, this segues beautifully into the fact that I I never have paintballed and I'm never going to. Are you a fan of the paintball? When I was in the military, I was. I loved paintball in the military. I, like can't, our... I can't think of anything I'd rather do. Like it, it combines everything that I I hate. Like I I don't want I don't want to wear a uniform. I don't want to not be able to wear heels. I don't want to be shot at with paint, and I don't want to run. So all of those things, I think, just combined for a, just something that I have not keen to experience. The first time I went, it was a lot of fun. Um, so I was kind of roped into going much like Mark was. I didn't have any of the, the people that I went with all had their own equipment. They all had their own paintball guns that were like custom made and, you know, for them and all this shit. Um, and so I ended up renting everything and I don't think I killed a single person air quotes but it was it's pretty fun the second and third time that i went was not as much fun but yeah the first time i went i had a really good time sean sorry to interrupt you you know zencaster is not recording oh uh maybe i forgot to hit start it doesn't it doesn't really matter if you've been recording i've been recording but i've just suddenly noticed that it's not recording oh okay <laughs> yeah because i totally forget to <laughs> I totally forgot to hit start recording. Okay, well, now it's recording, so... That's fine, I just thought I'd point that out. I just suddenly, I suddenly saw it and thought, oh, shit. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, that sounds like quite a, a nice introduction to paintballing. I just can't, I can't imagine what would be, what would 
be going on in my life if I ended up paintball. Like, I don't know who I'd go with. I don't know why I'd be there. Um, but I am a girl and a girl who doesn't much like the outside of that. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess this is also, I also can mention this as well. Um, this episode, I was appalled. So do you remember when we were doing Jeremy's Mummy and I was totally appalled by their gun handling in that episode? Yes, I do. Okay. So this episode also has a similar, uh, I'm appalled at the lack of safety that they display while playing paintball. Yes, uh, for, I, I, I can see that you've got to be careful with, so for my generation, this will mean nothing to you, but to our average listeners who are a similar age to me, which I'm guessing is most of them, uh, my first introduction to paintballing was from a children's TV series called Biker Grove, where one of the main characters was blinded by a paintball, so that was, that was horrible, and he was one of the, one of the characters in this show who grew up to be uh, one of our famous presenting duo, Anna Deck, who I don't know if you've heard of, but they're very famous here. So for my generation, initially, the first thing I think of when I think paintballing is going blind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one thing that we were told when we were, um, when I went paintballing the first time was, you know, never, ever take your helmet off when the game is going. You know like, what happened to PJ. That's what they. That's what they would have said over here. Everyone would have known what they meant. Yeah, there was. They said, "Whatever you do, do not, do not take your helmet off if you, until you leave like the actual course. Because what you're supposed to do is when you get shot once, you're supposed to walk off the course. Well, sometimes in the heat of things, people don't realize that you've already been hit, so they'll like hit you again right yeah and yeah they said do not take your helmet off until you've physically left the um the premise of the course and so yeah just watching jeremy and dobby just casually walk around in the woods with no you know protective equipment on just oh god makes me cringe yeah does it hurt when you get hit by one yes incredibly yeah that doesn't sound like i just don't know why you do that for fun yeah, I mean, you're supposed to wear, you know, like the kind of clothes that Simon's group is wearing, where like they're wearing like the thick, you know, I always wore um, my, like my military uniform. I had an old one that I didn't like, and I would wear that with like two shirts underneath it, and I still had a bruise on my chest from where I mm. got hit. Yeah, that just does not sound like fun in any way for me. Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, I thought it was fun, but, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't do it all the time. It's also unbelievably expensive. Is it? Yeah. It just, yeah. yeah. Whatever. But I I do always tend to think, like, not at all, not wishing to offend anyone who loves to paintball resistance this. But in my head, I think, yeah, that's the that's a bit of a hipster sort of wanker thing to be doing. So it does not surprise me that Simon has chosen to have his 30th birthday here. Johnson also wanted to go paintballing for his... Uh... Oh, his, he did, um, didn't he? Yeah, that's true. His stag. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, so we've kind of talked a lot about stuff that's going to be happening in the future. Um, so let's see here. Um, Jeremy and Mark are walking together and, uh, Jer- uh, excuse me, and Superhands is there too. 
And Jer Mark says to Jeremy, when I woke up, Dobby was already having a coffee and a joint with Simon. And Jez is really excited. And he looks at Super Hands and he says, you found some dope? And Hands announces that he drove to Brighton at 7.30 a.m. <laughs> to go buy some half an ounce of hash for a bloom of approval. God, I hate myself. <laughs> yeah, and that's not a short journey either. I don't know how long it would take you to get from Slough to Brighton, but I'm going to say it wouldn't be it wouldn't be really quick. It's uh, Super Hands has done a long... Let's have a look how long it would take him. According to Apple Maps... Yeah, it wouldn't take me... It would take me a lot longer than that to get this. Sunshine. Um, it would take... An hour and 38 minutes to drive that. Hmm. So that's a long way to go for a uh, for his half an ounce of hash, for his bloom of approval. Uh, but he does yeah. at least admit that he hates himself for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Mark at this point tells Jeremy to stop life coaching hands. And Jeremy says he's not life coaching him. Yeah. Um, then... Uh, they sort of get to the point where they're going to break off into teams and um mark thinks to himself that they're finally on his turf now music geeks this is uh he's gonna have some military strategy yep and this is his uh this is his neck of the woods um before anything can really happen though uh neil comes running up to jeremy and he says that he's left 36 messages for alice <laughs> <laughs> and jeremy says you know that's great that's all part of your process so well done that's all good that's all normal and good and he thinks to himself possibly yes um so the teams have been sorted out um and they uh, simon has made sure that mark and dobby are on opposing teams so mark is on the red team and dobby is a yellow yep and of course simon is gonna have you know it's gonna fucking have dobby on his team the son of a bitch yeah um jeremy is on the yellow team with uh dobby and superhands is on the red team with mark yeah. um and then alice i'm assuming this is alice right the woman uh yeah i don't know yeah potentially yeah she just she just screams it's 10 minutes to scatter, then let the death hunt commence. <laughs> um, then the they agree that death hunt doesn't sound very nice. It doesn't sound very relaxing. And uh, there's talk of grenades. Mark says he would like some grenades, please. Hang on, there's an ice cream bag over my house. Oh, go, geez. Go away. I'm going to leave this in. <laughs> Um, yeah, that there is um, that there's a private. They've got a private stash of grenades. Mark says he's happy to pay for some, um, but Simon sort of mocks him and says, "Who's he going to pay? There's no one here. It's just us. We're going off road. There are no rules." Yep, and uh, um, Mark is like, "Well, could we get some of your grenades?" And yeah, so then they all start just screaming, "Death hunt!" And moving out, and as they run away, Simon is holding Dobby's hand, and Mark thinks to himself, holding hands, I'm pretty sure Rommel never held hands. <laughs> and then Jeremy says, why does war even exist? Can't we all just have a game of footy, like how England beat Germany in the First World War? And Mark yeah. just says he does not know how to answer that. Yeah, this really reminded me of the sort of things that kids come out with at school all the time, like that would, I could just imagine one of my 
not so bright year nines asking if that was how uh, how we won World War One. So well done, Jeremy. You put the mentality of a fourteen-year-old boy. <laughs> um. So here we kind of see the teams, the the groups paired off for the rest of this episode. So we have the wonderful pairing of Mark and Superhands, and then we have Jeremy and Dobby. Um. Uh, yeah, we have Jeremy and Dobby, and to kind of circle back to what we were talking about any earlier from the safety aspect of it is uh, Delta Force Paintball did put out a statement when they announced that Peep Show was being filmed there, or had been filmed there, that the lack of um, safety precautions was purely for entertainment purposes, all the guns were disabled, and there was no actual paintballing happening while they were filming. Oh, that's nice. It's good that they were they were aware of how bad this, this looked, because, like you say, it does seem very dangerous. Um but I guess if they'd had masks and stuff on, it would have been harder to hear the jokes. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mark is thinking to himself, you know, oh, this is a nightmare. Um, just, you know, keep, enjoy the relaxing game. Keep girlfriend from XX. Um, later you hear, you uh, in the background, you hear somebody yelling, I'm coming to paint you shitheads. And Mark just <laughs> finds this ditch and kind of, he like flops down in this ditch and he's like i should burrow further and further into the earth like the worm i am yeah um hans then appears and he says that he spotted some sort of bunker and that they are going to they could go and go in it and then mark wonders if simon's found a bunker for him and dobby to go into um because war makes people horny yorkshire was hardcore yeah. starting a roosevelt sandwich Churchill sat on the side wanking, which is a very odd image. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, Mark asks Superhands if he can come hide in the bunker with him. And Superhands is offended. He says they're not hiding. They're in a holding pattern. And um, at this point, two other people kind of come into the uh, the bunker. And Mark thinks to himself, mm, uh, lifeboat's getting a little overcrowded. Yeah. And But out loud, he says, yeah. It's more the merrier in the lifeboat. You can't have too many people in the lifeboat. And then he thinks to himself, that's what they never, ever fucking say. <laughs> yeah. Um, then in the next scene, we're in the woods and Jeremy and Dobby are walking and having a chat. And they are talking about his, uh, well, <laughs> the kill squad. And then about the, uh, the stuff going on between Neil and Alice. Do you think this was the episode where... Jeremy and Dobby, or where Jeremy fell in love with Dobby. Yeah, I think so. I think this is the first time he spent like a prolonged period of time with him, isn't it? So, um, with her. So I think that it probably is the point at which he realizes that they've probably got more in common than than he realized previously. And actually, to be fair, they sort of do. Yeah, I think they do too. They always seem to hit it off very well. They have a lot of similar interests. Uh, Dobby, I feel like, is probably a little more um, successful. Yeah, well, she's not a she's not a bedroom life coach stoner, is she? So clearly, she's had a bit more. She's got a bit more get up and go about her because she's actually managed to like get some things moving forward in her life. That sounds like the best kind of life coach, though. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna have a life coach, that's the one you want. There's a life coach on the... Oh, my God. So, 
I'm going to just detour here real quick, and I'm going to leave this in because I think this is funny as fuck. Um, on the new season of uh, Big Brother United States, one of the people is a life coach and right. a hippie. And she tells people, like, she says in her bio that she's not going to tell anybody that she's a life coach because she doesn't want them to think that she's, you know, like, when she talks to people, that she's, um, you know, trying to life coach them or, you know, that she has, like, kind of an advantage because she's a life coach. So it really, really fucking cracks me up. <laughs> that's, uh, that's really funny. That's She's unintentionally been hilarious there. Oh, my God. I was... When when she's doing her little intro bio and she's like, and I'm a certified life coach. I was yeah. like, Oh my fucking God. I love this lady. Yeah. That's, that's really funny. Yes. What's her All name? right. Anyways, what's that? What's her name? Her name's Caitlin. I think oh, Caitlin. Oh, there's 16. You don't even know it. There's 16 people in the house right now. And I, Yeah. Two, there's two Angies and there's a Haley and a Bailey. It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> um. Anyways, so Jeremy says that uh, Jeremy tells Davi that they're forming a kill squad because of Alice, and um, Davi says not to sweat it. Um, Alice is a doom monger, and long term Neil's going to be very happy that he chucked her. Yeah, uh, we've all known couples like that where. It's all awful while they break up, and one of them's really sad, but actually, in the long run, best thing that ever happened, and uh, Dobby suspects that that's what's going to be going on here. Uh, Jeremy then starts to um, reveal some of the elements of the life coaching session that he talked about with Neil. He says that it was his hunch that Alice was a bit of a doom-monger, because, and then he does say that he's bound by strict confidentiality, but he thinks it's okay to tell Dobby because, you know, she knows him a bit. Uh, that Neil likes to be handcuffed and then wanked off with gloves on, which is a lovely image and <laughs> probably not an image Dobby wanted in her head either. Oh my god, it's so funny. Uh, <laughs> he he just starts telling Davi just like every motherfucking thing possible about um uh about Neil. He, he reveals all the personal shit in there that he's that neil has told jeremy in total confidence um yeah it's very very funny yeah um then dobby says that she thought he came to talk about the football coaching and he says that yeah there was a football coaching thing there was something about his job he and he thinks to himself and thinks yeah he really liked his job or something which is is pretty funny because Jeremy's completely missed the point of of Neil wanting to be life coach in the first <laughs> place, um, but then he says that he thinks he's said enough. To be honest, yeah, I love this where he just tries to you know all of a sudden he's like, uh, maybe I've said enough. <laughs> yeah, oh, suddenly now he decides this is when he's going to get all confidential. Yeah, uh, I love this. Um, then he also does reveal that Neil. Uh, sucked a guy off at college and that he harbors secret gay feelings um, I also really like just that little tidbit of information thrown in Yeah. Um, then we have this really random part where they walk they see these two guys and these two guys are just one of them shouts hey gay lord you gonna bum the lesbo and Dobby's like what's that lesbo and then uh, one of the guys is like yeah and then she just says eat this motherfucker and she shoots two of them with a paintball gun 
and they start to run off and Jeremy just yells, and if I was gay, why would I want to bum her? That doesn't even make sense. Taste my logic gun, bitch man. And I just think that this is such a weird... I think this part is so fucking weird. Yeah, it's, it's just... It's in isolation. It doesn't add anything to the storyline. I agree with you. It's a bit strange. Maybe it's to show a side to Dobby that we as an audience guess that maybe Jeremy finds attractive. Maybe he likes that when she's horrible to the, the boys. But who knows? I agree with you. It's a really weird bit. Yeah, I, I see. And for some reason, I had just always assumed that these guys were with uh, Simon's crew. Yes, but, I think I but, maybe did as well. But then watching it and taking notes and thinking about it critically, no, these guys are not with Simon's crew. No, they're just Because randoms. if they were, yeah, if they were, I don't think Simon would be very appreciative of them calling Dobby a lesbian. No, it's it's really odd. Maybe it was just so they could have some gratuitous paintball gun shooting. Yeah, which apparently they didn't even shoot shoot them. I'm just assuming that they threw paint at them. Yeah, yeah, very weird. I'm with you. Don't know why that's yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, so we go back to the bunker with Mark Hands and then the two people that joined him. Um, Mark is thinking to himself that this is so frightening and boring, just like real war, cowering in a foxhole for months. Um, he thinks let's see here. he thinks that he could have got the sensation of anxiety and fear that he's currently feeling by staying at home, drinking three cafetiers of coffee, and then lying under his bed and calling his dad after ten o'clock. Jeez, <laughs> a very funny line, and we've all known that feeling when we've had too much caffeine. Yeah, um, Superhands kind of says, uh, you know, that there's too many of them in here, and they're gonna decide. Uh, who leaves the bunker because they hear somebody outside shouting they went this way um, so Superhands holds out four matches two longies, two shorties um, he hands the first one to Mark or excuse me, he hands the first one to the girl she takes a short one and he says, okay short, you're going and um, then he hands the, the next set of matches to the other guy that's in there he pulls a long one and he says shitmate, long and then Mark is gets a short one, and then Superhands gets a long one, and then he says, uh, Superhands says, first short goes, first long goes, the last one is long, so I'm good. And then he looks at the two randos, and he says, bad luck, you guys. And yeah, and one of the randos says, that's right, is that right? And Superhands says, yeah, of course it's right. Um, and Mark, isn't it Mark? And Mark thinks it's a bit horrible, but he agrees anyway. And Hans says, oh, we don't make the rules. And the man's like, well, you did kind of make the rules. And it's like, you'll be okay. Out you go. And they basically throw him to the wolves. Yeah, and then as soon as they walk outside, they uh, they hear uh, they hear the sound of paintballs getting shot. And Superhand says that they're getting painted like... They're painting those bastards like the fourth bridge. <laughs> Listen up, Hall and Oates. You're going for a walk and you may be some time. <laughs> So the bunker's been cleared, uh, they've moved off, and um, and they, uh, Mark and Superhand speculate about how they were lucky they weren't hit by the snitch, the golden snitch, um, and Superhands tells Mark that apparently the others like to mix it up a bit, chuck a ball bearing in the paint pot, keep it interesting. Uh, this is just, <laughs> like, this part is just so goddamn random, it's so <laughs> fucking funny, like... Why would Superhands <laughs> think that they just randomly mix a 
goddamn ball bearing into the paint. Because <laughs> he's um, a drug addled crackhead, so that's why. It's, that's that's the, normally the answer to everything to do with super hands. Yeah, I think that would legitimately kill you if. Yes. Well, I don't. Sorry, not not kill you. I guess depending on where you got hit, it would kill you. Yeah, I mean that's what Mark says. He says that'd kill you. <laughs> Superman says it wouldn't kill you. It'd just go in you, go in you a bit. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, so in two thousand eight, somebody asked if I load a paintball gun with ball bearings. What will happen to the gun in the ball bearings? Let's see what Yahoo Answers has to say. And it's surely not going to do you a lot of good. I'm pretty sure that that's one of the subplots. So in, um, it's a great novel, World War Freedom, called Time for Bed by David Baddiel, who is a British comedian. And one of the subplots in that is that a guy goes nuts in a paintballing community. And I'm pretty sure that's what he does, is he puts something, some sort of shrapnel into a paint ball gun and i don't know if it kills people but it certainly doesn't do them a little good yeah so apparently that question that was asked on yahoo answers got a uh, um got deleted but there's a oh. youtube video <laughs> okay right all right hold on a second laura Let's see what that happens in this youtube video does it go in a, a bit Oh, wow, okay. So because the ball bearings are so heavy, they don't go very far. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, now we know. There you go. So it wouldn't oh, boy, wow. In. So this is like, boy, this is totally like, Jesus. It it just came out of the, the ball bearing just came out of the front of the gun like, <laughs> so. <laughs> right, okay, there you go. Well, we're answering the questions that matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways, they continue to have this discussion about ball bearings being shot out of the paintball gun. And um, then Mark announces that he has to go take a poo. Hand says you're not pooing in the bunker. Mark points out that he did have a wee. Superhand says that that's a little bit of wee compared to a great big poo. Poo <laughs> in the bunker and I will shoot you. <laughs> so... Um... Mark decides then he's going to go outside and do his business. Um, and he thinks that this is a really fun weekend. Could it get any worse? Maybe if Dobby and Simon came around the corner humping and then shot me with my pants down. Um, it's he... super creepy in this scene how Superhands is watching Mark take a shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, he uses the Napoleon biography that he's been reading to wipe his ass with and thinks that it's ironic he started this battle as Napoleon, but now he's been reduced to... Um, wiping his ass with it but you know it's not like napoleon's wiping his bum with pages of my biography so i am to an extent winning <laughs> and then i like how he purposely takes out his rips out a section of the book he's already read <laughs> yeah <laughs> we then move on to uh to dobby and jeremy who are jeremy. still talking and uh dobby's phone goes off and it is simon wanting to know if he if she would join him in his bunker for a party Yep, and she says that she does not want to uh, join him in the bunker because Hitler put a bad vibe on the bunker party. Um, like he did with so much else. Yeah. 
at this point, Jeremy and Dobby kind of have a conversation about what it's like to live with Mark. And she asks, what's it like to live with him? And he has like a really, he pauses and um, Jeremy thinks to himself, well, I hate living with him, but I never want it to end. Why is that? Is it like Stockholm Syndrome where you go and live in Stockholm with a dick or something? (laughs) And Dobby announces, well, that's quite a long wait. Is he a secret, excuse me, is he a secret pedo or something? Uh, Yeah, and Jeremy's is obviously not, uh, but thinks that she's asking for it. She's asking for a life coaching. So asks her how she's feeling about moving in with Mark. And she says that, you you know, she's... You know, she, Mark's brilliant. He's sour and funny and cynical and anxious and screwed up. But she sometimes wonders that is he enough fun? Yeah, and I could see this as a very like uh, realistic, realistic fear because she is a fun girl. Yes, um, and Jeremy thinks fun means good at sex. Everybody knows that basic life coaching. Uh, I love this basic life coaching. <laughs> Um, we then move back into the bunker with Mark and Superhands, and uh, Jer- uh, Jerry Superhands is taking some sort of illicit substance, and Mark thinks that, oh, great drugs, he'll probably start hallucinating that I'm a yellow or a sexy female hostage, and <laughs> um, like Superhands has just gone full mental. He says he's going to Ewok, full on furball. He's got hairy ears poking out of his noggin, and Mark suggests that he might not want to take too much speed. Then Superhands says. They think I'm a drub duck scumbag. They're all the same, the yellows. We should get one of them in here, take a knife to him. And <laughs> Mark says, you don't mean a real knife. You mean a paint knife. And uh, Superhands just looks at him and says, that's a paintbrush, Mark. <laughs> and he says, no, he's talking Swiss Army. Cut one up. Um, what do you say to that? And Mark says, I say, let's definitely not do that. Um, and Superhands continues, so if we're going to forget the knife, just get one of them down on the floor, strip him down, paint his arms up for a point blank range. <laughs> and, and, Mark- Ma- and Mark just says, you've moved from attempted murder to violent sexual assault, which is probably technically moving in the, quote, right direction. <laughs> but Mark doesn't want to do either of these things. He just wants to put his boxers onto a, make his boxers into a makeshift white flag, march into their bunker with his boxers on a stick and say, what the hell's going on here? Uh, Superhands asks Mark if he's still living the boxer short dream because he needs to get some ball support before his nuts start dragging like iron eggs in a pair of Grace and Perry's tights. <laughs> and Mark thinks he's now locked in a bunker with a mad commanding officer and the only problem is if I shoot him, he won't actually die. Um, and Mark sort of changes the, the the direction of the conversation and says, do you really think Simon's getting it on with Dobby in their bunker? Or is it just me being paranoid? And Superhands, who's really not the man to ask this at this point, says, of course you're not, mate. Yellow's fucking yellow-bellied. Yellow fever, bone in your bird. Classic yellow. And uh, even Mark realises that he's maybe not the best spirit level to test his paranoia against. Um, at this point, Hans and Mark decide to go to the um, to the Yellows bunker, and Mark thinks to himself, "Great, I've inspired a paint. Uh, I've inspired a paint war crime." <laughs> we then move back to Jeremy and Dobby, who are talking, and Jeremy uh, says that he thinks he's basically been bored ever since nine eleven. Yes, a very very funny, very classic line in this episode, where they. Um, you know, they have this whole conversation about uh, how the news, like, they basically 
the media blew their load on 9-11 because anything after that is not planes smashing into buildings. Yeah, essentially it was like the season finale of the, the, of the world and, and you can't get any better than that. Um, they, As they're then talking, Ma, uh, Jeremy suddenly thinks that he loves Dobby and he thinks, holy fuck, where did that come from? That's a pretty interesting part where he just thinks to himself, I love you. Uh, yeah. Which I guess answered my earlier question, which is, is this the episode where Jeremy fell in love with Dobby? Yes. Um, um, but then Dobby's phone goes off and she sees that it's Simon again. And she says, oh, you know, she can't be doing with him. Last year he said it wasn't working, but now he's with Mark. He's all over her. Let me put my Dobbin in your noggin. And Jeremy thinks, get your Dobbin out of her noggin. There is a cue. Mark first, then him, did Gerard, and Simon's <laughs> right at the back. I always find that this is interesting where it seems like when you want to get together with an ex, um, like one of the two of you has moved on into a relationship, but like when you were in the relationship, it was horrible, but then you break up and it's really good. And then as soon as one of you starts dating another person, you're like, oh my God, I want that person back in my life. Yeah, I think I think everyone's been there. I think it's just that the idea of the grass being greener, isn't it? It's like... Oh yeah, it's human nature, but no, I don't think it ever really ends well when you get back to the ex, or very rarely it ends well. So, Dobby's, oh, yeah, we've got the kids on one in one ear and the bloody ice cream man again. Fuck off. Sorry, um, but yeah, I think Dobby's very wise to stay clear of Simon. He's not good people. No, no, he's not. Um, Dobby then kind of says like, okay, let's go rejoin the troops before we get court-martialed. Um. And as they're walking off, Jeremy thinks to himself, I've done a lot of bad shit, but falling in love with Dobby is the worst, or at least the most recent bad thing I've ever done. <laughs> so then we move back to super hands and his super paranoid state, and Mark and he, super hands is saying, the yellow bastards will be in there right now doing your misses. We need to get in there. Mark wants to take his time. They want to try to outflank the yellow team do a maneuver date derriere and uh super hand says no fuck that i'm gonna jackson pollock these motherfuckers <laughs> and mark says yeah or and before he can finish super hands just jumps out from behind this log and starts running straight at the bunker and he's just yelling super hands <laughs> and mark thinks to himself right into the bunker to save ava braun and cock block the fuhrer um, um, as they walk into sorry. the... Oh, go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, when Superhands runs at them shouting his own name, do you think that this is uh, part of the same mania that took him in in uh, Jeremy's manager when he was shouting his own name with the windows of his car down, saying that he was going to make a supergroup out of Hardfire and, uh, <laughs> and the Kaiser Chiefs? Is this what happens yes. to him when he takes a lot of drugs and he just starts shouting his own name? Yes, I think that's exactly what happens. He just takes a bunch of drugs, and next thing you know, he's shouting different names. <laughs> or his name. His name, yeah. Um, as they, as Mark and Superhands go into the yellow team's bunker, Mark is like, uh, he asks Simon, where's Dobby? I thought Dobby was in here. And Simon says, no, I've been trying to get her to come in to talk some sense into Neil. And... um. Yes, and uh, um, Mark thinks to himself, no humping, brilliant. I've just got to get her to stay faithful for another 40 years when we have very basic little compatibility. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we move back to Dobby and 
Jeremy and Dobby says, you know what, screw Simon. She's going to move in with Mark and she's going to give it a go. And Jeremy then says that if it doesn't work out, just move in with me. And then quickly says, just joking. <laughs> just, just, just joking. Yeah. Yeah, he lets off this kind of like maniacal laugh where he's just like, <laughs> yeah. It's um, and then sort of she looks a bit confused by this as well she might, and she sa- he says that that would never work anyway because you know oh no she says that would never work because you know they're too similar and Jeremy says yeah I know we'd never get out of bed because we'd be doing it and doing it and doing it and have a doobie and then do it watch TV and then maybe we'd have dinner and just fuck the world and that would be our whole thing and he thinks easy Romeo <laughs> lay off the doing it. Um, at this point we hear the very audible sound of somebody getting hit by a paintball yes um and the um when they sort of spin around to look and see what's going on um it is that superhands has taken the snitch has taken the fucking snitch right up the jacksie yeah i love that and he turns around and he sees uh dobby and he says it was her it was her the last yellow with the golden snitch and dobby just says oh, it wasn't me we're out of the game and Superhands just says, yeah, this game ain't got no off-ramp, sister. <laughs> Mark is screaming at Superhands, no hands too close. And Superhands just yells, bullshit. Um, at this point, Jeremy, like, heroically dives right in front of her, and he takes a paintball right to the dick. Um, yeah. Um, and then Hans is like, are you a secret yellow? Are you a double agent? And he, and Jess thinks, yeah, I'm a double agent. I'm James Bond, and I'm going to get some ointment rubbed onto my swollen scrotum. At this point, Neil just comes charging out of the bunker and he just shouts, You ruined my life! And Jeremy thinks to himself, Am I about to be hit? Correct. (laughs) And Neil just, like, levels him. Neil then throws his gun down and then just goes running into the woods like a madman. Yep. And we then um, sit here, the final, final closing thought of the episode from Mark. He thinks, This is like Vietnam. The drugs, the breakdown, the military order. All we need now is the doors. The doors! Now I remember another band. Another band. Uh, <laughs> poor Mark. Poor Mark. All so right. where do you think I put this on my list? Okay, well, let me ask you this question first. Would you have changed your placement? No. Nope. Okay. Uh, let me see here. God damn it. Where did it go? Okay, here we go. Uh, I am going to say 52? Really close. 53. It is my second least favorite episode of Peep Show. Man, I can't wait to find out what 54 is. <laughs> um, well, we've not got many left, so you've not got long to wait. Um, yeah, the reason I put it so low, I think, was just because nothing of any consequence really happens the only thing that then for like goes forward into the uh, another episode is that this idea that jeremy's fallen in love with dobby and we could have easily worked that in some it felt like a filler episode to me even though unlike episodes where i've said that in the past it actually is outside and has more members of the cast rather than fewer but um yeah i just i don't know it never quite got going for me yeah, I feel like this is a very, like, Jeremy and Love episode, or The Affair, rather, where Yeah, and it's got it some good is. jokes in it, but they're kind of loosely held together by a quite weak storyline, so that's why I've put it down as low as I have. You know, some of the jokes are funny, but they're only funny in isolation. They're not funny as part of the bigger scenario of what's actually going on. 
Yeah, the reason I love this episode is just, I know that I've said it before, is that I just love any and all interactions between Mark and Superhands. Yeah, I mean, that is one of the, the strengths of the episode, and Superhands being off his face in the bunker is, is pretty funny. Um, but I just think, it, yeah, it's just a bit nothingy. Yeah. Uh, I really honestly can totally relate as well to the, um, uh-oh. It's all right. She's falling over, I think. Okay. She's fine. I didn't know if we had a man down situation. <laughs> no, or no, no. Like she's that. all right. It's okay. She stumbled over something and she's fine. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> I'll, uh, be getting used to that myself. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's good. These, these are just the sounds. You learn to ignore them. <laughs> Uh, I have an update on Spain versus Russia. The score is 1-1 in the 74th minute. Oh, really? Mm. Mm. Yeah, Surprising. Game. Yeah. Yeah, exciting game. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. So, what have you been watching or listening to? So, after an absence of... So, I sort of... I started the second series of it ages ago and then didn't come back to it because I wasn't very enamoured with the first episode, but I've just finished season two of The Crown, and it was stupendous. It really got going after the first episode, which wasn't up to much. Um, and very excitingly, uh, they've announced that the... I don't know when this was, a little while ago, but I've only just found out. They've announced that Olivia Coleman, uh, yep. aka Sophie, is going to be playing the Queen. So that's exciting, and... Um, uh, yeah, so I've been, I really enjoyed that. I can't wait for the third series now. Yeah, it's really interesting to me how Olivia Coleman, Olivia Coleman, has kind of become like a legit actor over the last. I mean, not that she wasn't. Excuse me, let me rephrase that. They are not like a dramatic actress. Yeah, not a comedy actress anymore. I agree with you. Um, although I watched Flowers last week, which I think I mentioned, and she's very funny in that. So clearly, she's still got her comedy credentials she just clearly can do both she's clearly a very skilled actress um i have not been watching anything other than that i was sad to hear that matt king is apparently not very well so we should yeah uh, yeah we should send out love to him hope he's better soon um yeah that was that kind of yeah that kind of <laughs> for those that don't know he um had to cancel every show on his tour yeah that he was doing guy. just just all of a sudden in his kind of uh i don't know if he's tweeted anything since but yeah he just kind of fell off the face of the earth mm, cool guy so i hope he gets better soon how about you have you been watching or listening to anything particularly exciting this week um let me think here the fact that i have to uh think about it would probably lead me to believe that the answer is no did you finish um, the staircase no, we haven't. We're about halfway through it. Uh, how can you be? How can you be halfway through it? How can you not be sit, sitting up till three o'clock in the morning like I was to finish it? Well, because I watch it with my wife, and my wife. Oh, I guess she's tired, so it would be me tired. to watch it alone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's Trust fair me, if enough. it was if it was me by myself, I would have. Um, if it was me by myself, I would have uh, probably binge watched it already, and. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd have binge watched it. I would have probably rewatched it, and then I would I, have. I've uh, now rewatched it, so I what binge watched it two weeks ago, 
I've rewatched it, sort of just had it on in the background when I've been doing other jobs. And I'm now, I've just almost finished the podcast, um, the Beyond Reasonable Doubt podcast that the BBC did about it. I'm pretty much obsessed with Michael Peterson still. That's where we are. Yeah, uh, just update. Yeah, Matt King hasn't tweeted anything since June 18th. I did send him a direct message and I told him, you know, uh, hope you feel better soon. But buzz. hope you feel better soon. Yeah. And then I and then I appreciated everything he did for us. Mm. Yeah, I hope he does so, feel better soon. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Honestly, I've really have just been watching a lot of the World Cup. It's been very enjoyable. I don't know shit about football, but I feel like I'm an expert now. <laughs> so you picked it up. It's uh. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens on Tuesday. Let's see if we win against who we're playing. I was totally gutted that uh, that both Lionel Messi and Ronaldo Cristiano both got eliminated on the same day. Yeah, sad times for football fans. Yeah, I know. Not that I was watching it, God I have to say. I was, uh, I was out, but I heard about it. It was super weird, too, because there was no game on Friday, which obviously I understand. They're kind of, you know, like a break between the group session and the bracket. But it was so strange because this was the first day in, like, probably two weeks that there hasn't been a football game on um, at work. And I found myself, like, being very bored at work without football on the TV. Well, maybe this is it. Maybe this is how you get into soccer. No, no, because this is this is I was the exact same way with curling in the Winter Olympics. Oh, of course, yeah. And you just you just basically you're like a baby duckling. Whatever sports in front of you, you think it's your mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that is a little these... bit like me with my little obsessions. Like I was just saying about being obsessed with the staircase, but it'll be something else weird in a while. You know, the thing that just is so interesting to me about watching these games is the reactions from the crowd. Like, it, when I was watching the Portugal game yesterday, when um, Uruguay, Uruguay scored, like, super early on, and there was, like, grown men in their Portugal attire, like, just weeping, like, just crying and it just is it's so astounding to me because uh you know i think about my local american football team the chiefs and i don't think i've ever cried at a chiefs game well it's um yeah i mean it's hard to kind of describe as to what football i mean i can't speak for portugal but i'm guessing it's the same the, like in europe as it is here it's just football is just like I mean, I think it was Bill Shankly who said something like I can't remember the exact quote, but it's something like football isn't life and death; it's much more important than that. And for a lot of people, that's really the case. For a lot of a lot of men, it's not just men, but for mainly it's mainly men who feel this way about it. It is their whole lives. And like I've got a friend who is a he's a football journalist, and um, he like you know certainly when he was younger, not so much now because of other life getting in the way but he absolutely lived and breathed football and he had a season ticket for Arsenal and he went every week and it was completely his whole life and there's a lot of people for whom that's the case yeah I guess I just never thought about that I mean I guess when your country is small like um 
you know, like some of these smaller countries. Like England, um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, not even England, but company or countries like Senegal that have a population of like 3.5 million. That's I mean, I could like half of the population of London, like less than half yeah. of the population of London, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I could, I, I could see why you know that they they as a country would just be so into their, you know, into their their team. Yeah, because you know their team is everything. Yeah, it's uh, you should really do you know Fever Pitch the the Nick Hornby book and film of the book. Uh, I don't. I'm sorry. You should watch. You should watch the movie of Fever Pitch because it kind of sort of sums up like what football, what football is like for a lot of people in this country. It's a really good. Uh, so the book is told through football scores, which is not very. If you if you don't know the game, potentially confusing or not very interesting. But the film is is really well done, and it stars Colin Firth at the peak of his glory when he was about. 35 and beautiful um which is probably not a draw for you to watch it but uh might be a draw for your wife and it's a really good film and it's i think the whole thing is on youtube actually as well oh really well yeah. i will uh check that out for sure I'll, I'll tweet it if it is for you hold on a second colin firth uh Yeah, I can't. I can't tell. It looks like it might be a possibility, though. Um, but yeah, there was, a, just there was gets... a bizarre American remake that was about some other sport. But um, but no, this oh, the, the original is the yeah. best. Yeah, I think it's about baseball, maybe. Yes, it is. It's Jesus Christ. I was, I for some reason I had just pulled up Fever's uh, the american version a couple weeks ago like literally like a week or two ago um and i yeah wow anyways um i think drew barrymore was in it yeah in uh uh oh my god why can't i think of what the fuck his name is he's the late night host uh, i don't know i've never i've never seen it hold on i've got the internet right in front of me Jimmy Fallon. Oh, okay, yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah, so that's pretty much all I've been doing. I admittedly have not been doing a whole bunch this last week. Uh, so no, well, me neither. School school's nearly over for the year, so we've been uh, we're winding down at the moment, and uh, yeah, good times. You and uh, Phil have any big plans for the summer? We are, we have got big plans. So we are going to Butlins, which is a holiday camp resort style place. Uh, we are going there for one of their children's weeks where Mr. Tumble is going to be there, who is a big star over here amongst the children. And then, as if that wasn't exciting enough, we are travelling up to Liverpool to go to the CBBS Festival, which is a BBC like children's thing. Uh, where Mr. Tumble is going to be again and a, a whole host of BBC children's stars. And we are going to go from Liverpool. We're going to stay there for a few days, and we are going to travel across to, um, to kind of like in Yorkshire to go to the Bronte House because uh, we've been there, but we've not taken the girls. And uh, yeah, if the got if the excitement if we if that doesn't kill us, the excitement of that, then 
we may do something else as well because we've got the whole six weeks off. Um, but then Sadie, my eldest, is starting school in September. So that's going to be really weird, her going to full-time school. We met a teacher for the first time uh, this week, so that's really weird. Uh, so, yes, yeah, uh, last summer before she goes off to big school. You should uh, make sure and send the pictures of the Bronte house to Nicole. Yeah, she, she, she liked the Brontes. Yes. I will do. I she uh, she would love that. If you ever come to the UK again, you should take her because it's not very far, really. From yeah, no, nowhere's very far. She'd love it. I was one of so I did my dissertation on the um, religion in the Brontes, and they lived in the 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 dad was the vicar of the village, and they lived next to the church in that in the house that had been built for the for the clergy, and um, it's it was like it was mind blowing the first time I ever went there. I was really I've just loved it, so I'm sure she would too. Oh, that sounds awesome. Mm, yeah. Uh, so, on the selfish question, is this going to interfere with podcasting at all? No, I don't think we're away over a weekend, or if we are, oh, it's okay, the, it's not the whole weekend. So I think we're away Monday to Friday, uh, one week, and then I think maybe we might be away on a like on a Saturday, on a Sunday, going into Monday. But I think I'm here on the Saturday, so I will get back to you on that one. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. I, are you are you going away? Uh, I think Nicole and I might go away for we might do a baby moon. Right. Yeah. Uh, one weekend, but yeah. We did that. We went to Stratford upon Avon when I was about twenty weeks pregnant with Sadie, and it was really nice. Actually, it was like the last time we sort of went away just us, and it was a we had a nice. We went for our wedding anniversary, so yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Hmm. Uh, yeah well so other than that yep keep everything crossed for england on tuesday see if we can do this also if any of our listeners watch big brother us and want to talk to me about big Big brother us i am totally on board because if there's one thing i love it's trashy reality shows (laughs) so you'd bloody love love island then that would be right up your street oh i'm sure it would yeah sure it would (laughs) <laughs> I go crazy for Big Brother, though. I watch the live feeds. I listen to podcasts. I go sick with Big Brother. So I don't know that we even have Big Brother here anymore. It sort of died a death. We probably do, but it's on Channel 5, so no one knows or cares at this point because it's like the channel no one watches. So. Let's see, Big Brother UK. We definitely have a celebrity one still, but I don't know if we have like a civilian one. The last Big Brother was... 18 and it was last year so yeah maybe there's still maybe you guys will have a big brother 19 yeah i'm sure we will it's like someone's still watching that it's great because even though it doesn't get like high ratings over here it's a super cheap show to produce yeah so. yeah it costs nothing to make yeah so they just keep pumping it out year after year yeah Oh, All um, right. the Russia and Spain tied. How odd. I told you that. Oh, I didn't know that was the end score. No, they, it can't end in a tie. Oh, okay. No, of course it can't. Sorry. I'm being... Yeah, it's going to go to... <laughs> listen to this, the American Ugh. schooling... The... Yeah, sorry. That was that was stupid. Of course it can't end in a tie. It was, I was just reading Twitter. I'll go, I'll go now. <laughs> All right, and with that, we're going to go ahead and sign off. This is the LT Brothers signing off, 
Eh. 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 Bye. Goodbye. I am in loco parentis. I am the last remaining contestant of The Apprentice. I am the home trained dentist. Ay, 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 ay,